the blast from our past network. Supernatural, Halloween, exploitation, slashers, and everything in between. Welcome to the Podcasting After Dark Watch List, the show where a guest chooses a topic and the hosts, along with the guest, discuss their top five favorites. Light a candle, hide your Ouija board, and enjoy the Podcasting After Dark Watch List. What's up, everybody? Welcome to an episode of Podcasting After Dark Presents The Watch List. I am one half of the Podcasting After Dark team, Corey, a.k.a. Sleazy C. And with me in the hot seat is my Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast co-host, Adam Spees. What is up, my man? That's right, it's Adam Spees with the Racks on Stacks of the Cartwright, same <laughs> Cartwright co-host, and in the Blast from Our Past podcast, and the Throwback Trivia Takedown. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I'm trying to take on uh, uh, the Micro Machine Man and uh, see if I can talk faster than him. <laughs> Dude, that guy was a... Right? I think he's still alive, man. He's uh... I, think, I think he's still alive, yes. <laughs> he's still alive, but I don't think he's working, though. Um, <laughs> you know, it's actually funny. Uh, uh, we're doing a our top five movie cars. It's funny you mentioned Micro Machines because Micro Machines are all car-based. Yeah, I love... So... Did you have some? I absolutely had plenty of Micro Machines. I did, and I was uh, just at Walmart the other day in the toy aisle looking for, you know, the empty racks of Star Wars toys that never fucking exist, and uh, I was surprised that Micro Machines are still around, dude. Like, they, I don't think they ever went away, and uh, yeah, I had a shit ton when I was a kid. Very cool. Yeah, I didn't realize that they were still around. I just, I thought they were like a a small little piece of like, you know, uh, of one decade that just stayed with our nostalgia. Yeah, no, I, th- I think they're still rocking and rolling. Um, so, guys and gals, it's a good, it's actually a good uh, segue with uh, with cars and everything. Like I said, we're talking about our top five favorite movie cars on the watch list uh, this week. And if you listen to our top five favorite sci-fi guns, you heard Adam's brother John. Uh, on that one, and you heard that I also am basically now going through the watch list and doing lists that I want to do, Corey, because for a while I was doing watch lists and basically I was letting the uh, the the guest come on and you know pick the topic and everything. And while that's awesome and I want the guest to be engaged, I was like I never really got a chance to talk about the things that I really wanted to talk about. And so I've been kind of going through the BFOP network and that's BFOPnetwork.com. Check out all of our podcasts on the network, and I'm pairing up the host that I think would go best with the topic. Now, I had two topics that I threw to Adam. I kind of suspect you were going to pick this one, but I know that you're a big Star Wars fan, so I also threw at you sci-fi ground vehicles. Uh, yeah, but thinking- the, the Star Wars has their better air vehicles than, or space vehicles than there are ground vehicles, so I don't give a fuck about a lot of that stuff. Other than... The AT-AT, yeah. maybe, yeah. No, no, fuck the AT-AT. You don't I'm like all the AT-AT? about. I'm. I don't give a shit about the ad ad. It's a boring no and slow shit. piece of shit. Wow. I'm all about the speeder bike. Ah, uh, yeah, dude. I love the speeder bike. Actually, too, man. we actually had a toy speeder bike with uh, with the um the, the yeah. that trooper, uh, and that was just badass. And actually, the the scout trooper is my favorite yeah, scout trooper, trooper yeah. version of the stormtroopers. So, um, hey, I I think Adam and I would have a great conversation about Star Wars in general. Um, True. but I figured you were gonna go with cars, and you did. So. 
we are going to have a blast talking about our favorite movie cars in particular. Um, Adam, before we jump into that, uh, John plugged Blast from Our Past, and, and I think a lot of people know that as well, especially if you listen to Podcast After Dark, you have to understand that, that, that Podcast After Dark was incepted as the dark shadow of the Blast from Our Past, but... Tell us about Throwback Trivia Takedown, the the trivia podcast that you and your brother also do. Yeah, so uh, John and I are big fans of trivia, and we wanted to incorporate a trivia podcast that fits well with us and our love and nostalgia. And so uh, we have a trivia podcast called Throwback Trivia Takedown that is a head-to-head competition where people will... Uh, pick their categories from 10 different, mainly like pop culture categories, but the decades are randomized from anywhere between the 50s all the way up to the 2000s. So it's just a lot of fun. It's um, we're doing a tournament right now, or well, I don't know if we're, I don't know how late this one goes. Yeah, this one I'm not sure when this is actually going to land. We're recording super early. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we just have some really fun – we've had actually a couple Jeopardy contestants on the show before too. So like it's what I like to think of. We try to make solid trivia, but it's also fun and pop culture based. So you can be a novice. You could be a Jeopardy contestant, and hopefully you'll have a fun time at Throwback Trivia Takedown. And as someone who's participated, been a part of a tournament on it, and... And hosted. I was going to say, I think I'm the only person to ever, that's not a Spies, to host it. So far, yes, you are. So (laughs) far. And, dude, hats off to you, because I also had to do the questions and the pre-production for the hosting, and that was an incredible amount of work. Um, I'm not complaining, but I, my hat's off to you for, you guys for doing that on a regular basis. It, It it gave me a whole new perspective to to the show, basically. Yeah, well, of course, we're we're awesome. We do good <laughs> stuff. We're amazing. And guys and gals, Adam and I have been hosting Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. At this point, over a hundred episodes. Yep. Uh, we have an absolute blast on that show. I mean, dude, I I, I don't think I've. You and Zach are probably the two people I know so intimately well at this point. It's insane. But uh, if you guys like Seinfeld, I mean, we have so much fun. I think we do. I I love it, man. I love doing Cartwright with you, bro. Yeah, it's okay. I'm just (laughs) kidding, man. It's it's, it's fucking amazing. I think you and I have enough. Have an absolute fantastic dynamic. Not to shit on my brother or shit on Zach, but I think you and I have something special. We've got something super sexy. We've got something (laughs) driving, if you will. Something that just keeps moving and moving. And it just, it hums like a sexy engine, if you will. (laughs) Good one, dude. Good one. Oh, that's why I love you, baby. That's why I love you. Well, man, uh, before we jump into this, I'm going to say it every single time. Uh, It's the Blast from Our Past rules. Um, It's the rules that I stole from you guys. And if we We, have. Which we stole from somebody else. Don't worry. It's not ours. John said that on on his as well. So, um, yeah. So if if you have the same car as I do or the same franchise, eh, let's just say it, probably Batmobile type of thing. If we have the same franchise, (laughs) we'll talk about it when we get to the higher person's franchise car. So, but Adam, you're the first. You're you're the guest. So I'm going to let you go first. Let's talk about your number five favorite, your number five favorite movie car. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm I don't want to say much about this car because I might shit myself, legitimately poo myself right now if this vehicle 
isn't on your list. The Ecto-1. Oh, who are you going to call? You know it's on my list, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, that'll be higher than, uh, <laughs> than I will go with my number five. And it is uh, my newest uh, vehicle on, on the list. Everything else is pre-2000s. But this is my newest one. And it's also probably one of my favorite personal cars that I could ever own. And I'll, I'll elaborate on that later. But one of my favorite personal cars that I could ever own, which is the 1970 Chevy Nova. And I'm talking about Stuntman Mike's Death Proof car in Death Proof. I'm so not surprised that you picked that one. Not only is it literally my favorite like car style that in America, I should say, how about this? My favorite American car style. Um, I almost owned one, dude, back in the 90s. I just got my my new Pontiac Sunfire and my dad worked for Pontiac and everything. So I had a new car and everything. Car note, all the, the full nine. My buddy had a 1970 electric blue Chevy Nova with white SS stripes and he was going to sell it to me and it, it had like a refurbished engine it was not one of those things where like all the serial numbers and all that kind of shit lined up and everything so he was going to sell it to me for like six grand which is nothing now or, or like nothing like as an adult like I'd be like oh my god I would take out a fucking loan for that but when you're like like you know 19 years old 20 years old and you already have a car note and you're working at Funko Land it's over you can't take that but I've been chasing that car ever since. You know, my buddy let me drive it. We actually, uh, him and I went to um, uh, Ocean City uh, for one weekend to kind of hang out and get high and just chill and shit. And I, he let me drive it there. And, dude, it was fucking amazing. But Stuntman Mike's Death Proof car, I assume you've seen Death Proof, correct? By I did, and I do not like the film. I it's not my favorite Tarantino film, but what did you think of the car itself with the the skull and crossbones on the hood yeah. and everything like that? It's a cool car. Yeah, it's a it's a fine car, but the movie I thought was not very good. Right, right, yeah. But the car itself is pretty fucking diesel, and yeah, like I said, I love the fact that it has like that skull and crossbones symbol on the hood. Uh, it has this like metal duck on the the front. Uh, what are those called? Um, the front insignia thing, and that's actually a reference to the movie Convoy. Yep. Uh, okay. Tarantino loves that, and he also loves Convoy. Convoy. That's a great song, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a song. Yeah, and Quinn Tarantino, of course, also loves feet, and you do see a lot of feet in Death Proof. But yeah, Death Proof. Bought that car. Stuntman Mike's fucking Death Proof 1970 uh, stunt Chevy Nova was badass. All right, that's that's very Corey esque type of car <laughs> definitely is so we know what number five was and we'll, we'll talk about that more in a second what is your number four my number four is just an absolute amazing car because it's got cop shocks cop motor cop tires cop suspension and it runs good <laughs> on regular gas it's the blues mobile oh dude that was this close to making it yeah. on my list all right, I'm a big, big Blues Brothers fan. And part of that is from a love of my dad and nostalgia. He showed that movie to us when we were kids. And so Blues Brothers was, I believe, the second film that my brother and I reviewed on the Blast from Our Past. No, the third, my bad, on the Blast from Our Past podcast because it just means that much to us. Like, we love Blues Brothers. We watched that film all the time 
and the Bluesmobile is is ridiculous. It honestly, it's probably the most like regular looking car on my entire list, but it's also the most fantastical because yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> they do so much crazy shit. They, the insanity that occurs with this one car, you know. At one point, it can drive through malls, and it'll never hurt anybody or anything. It'll be- do backflips over Nazis. You know, it can it can outrun and outmaneuver. The thing is, they have newer cop cars, but this one can outrun and outmaneuver other cop cars. It's uh, This one is a 1974 Dodge Monaco, and that's what the Bluesmobile is. I'm obviously talking about the one from the 1980 uh, film, not from the 1998 yeah. Blues <laughs> yeah. 2000 film. No. Um, which actually... A lot of people shit on, but I enjoy. I enjoy Blues Brothers 2000. I'm throwing that out there. I don't give a fuck if you uh, make fun of me for that. I think I don't think it's a good film. I know it's not that great, but the music is fantastic, and the it's just a good homage to Blues Brothers. But the, of course, Blues Brothers from 1980 is incredible, and this film, ah, it's great. The 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 the, the car is so iconic. You go through like um you the Universal Studios tour and this yeah. car is in that group yeah. that you'll see and you get that they're sitting in this car. So many iconic things happen, but here you get one of the best lines in my opinion in film history. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. And it's just like it is. This car is gonna take them there. This car has been half of the fucking journey, just like going madness to to get to their thing, so they can save this orphanage. All this shit. I love the Bluesmobile. I I love that pick. I love that car. I love that movie. Um, I have not seen it as much as you. Uh, it's one of those movies that I love, but I only I've probably only seen it about five or six times. Um, I want to rewatch it with Myra. My my wife is a huge as you know, Star Wars fan. And I think, I, I don't really think she's seen too many Carrie Fisher roles like outside of Star Wars. And she was very much impressed with, with Carrie Fisher in uh, The Burbs. She was like, oh, this is neat seeing Carrie Fisher outside of like Princess Leia. So I was like, I'm, I'm waiting for the right time to show her Blues Brothers because yeah. she's fucking great in that fucking dude, movie, dude. She's incredible. And I will, I will fight anybody. <laughs> well, I'm not going to. I've had a couple whiskeys, so maybe I'm feeling frisky. Um, but no, personally, I believe Carrie Fisher is sexiest in Blues Brothers. I like, think you're she, right. She's so hot. Now, granted, yes, a lot of people will say Slave Return Leia, of the Jedi, of yes. uh, you, know, you know, Slave Leia. Whoo, that's hot. Yeah, that's hot. But there are moments in Blues Brothers where I'm just in awe at just her natural beauty is absolutely stunning. Stunning yeah. in Blues Brothers. Yeah, no, it really, really is. You just you kind of forget that she was awesome outside of Star Wars too. You know, yeah, yeah. So. and she's just an utter badass. She like with the rocket launcher and everything. She, yeah, yeah, she's trying to fucking kill this guy, yeah. and then the power of Jake when he just kind of fucking manipulates her at the end and drops her into like the muck and all this kind of shit. I'm just like, God damn, yeah. this this fucking movie is so good. But like Carrie Fisher is just whoo smoking. And I think around this is the time she was dating Dan Aykroyd too. So yeah, Dan, she, Dan Aykroyd, she lucky dated man. Dan Aykroyd? <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, she must have been doing a lot of coke to yes, date that, Dan Aykroyd. That is true. <laughs> Both of those statements are true. <laughs> okay, good pick, bro. Good pick. Uh, so, 
I'm fairly certain you haven't seen this movie. Um, I actually bumped another car. I'll talk about in a little bit of a in-betweens number two and one. I bumped another car because I I was fairly certain you weren't really going to have much to say about that one. But this one, I don't know if you've actually seen it or not. But it is the monster demon-possessed car from The Car 1977, which was a modified, a highly modified uh, 1971 Lincoln Continental Mark Three, uh, we reviewed the car with with John Bro- uh, Brolin, the dad Brolin. Uh, we reviewed that on podcasting after dark. Um, but the interesting thing about the the car is that it was designed by George Barris, who unfortunately passed away in 2015. But he is famous for making and designing and building the Batmobile 1966 version. Uh, ah, was okay. His big claim to fame. Um, Adam, I'm assuming you're probably googling the car really quick to see what no. it looks like. In my research, I saw what that was, but the okay. second you said a possessed car, I was thinking Christine immediately. Yeah. And and Christine, I feel like it's it's that's just the what is it a fifty seven Chevy or something? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just what it. But this I like. I always like this better because it's modified. It's so fucking mean looking. It has like no door handles on it because they really played up with the fact that it is not a car that is possessed. It's a demon that gets tur- that is a car and it terrorizes <laughs> okay. this town. It's a fantastic film that's very intense and very violent and was actually a made for TV movie. Uh, when it originally came out and I highly, highly recommend it, Adam, if you haven't seen it, I, I think you would actually really like it. Uh, it's pretty action packed and you kind of don't see where things are coming from. You're like, what the fuck? And Brolin and Ronnie Cox is in it, uh, from, uh, total recall from, uh, RoboCop. Uh, he plays a great role in it. He's not like the bad guy. Like we're all sort of used to Ronnie Cox. Yeah, being. yeah, absolutely. He actually plays like a good guy in this and everything. And yeah, it's one of those movies where, like, oh, it's made for TV, but you're like, no, it's so much better than it has any right to be. And, uh, you know, obviously listen to the episode, uh, the review of the car. I'll talk about my love for it. But as far as, like, a, a, a movie car goes, I think it's mean as fuck looking, dude. Yeah, 100% have not seen the film, so it did not make my list. And Yeah, yeah and that's that. I was a little bit iffy on if I should include it because I do want to, you know, obviously include stuff that we can talk about. Um, but yeah, I, I could, I'd be remiss if I didn't include this one. Yeah, fair enough. All right, buddy boy. Uh, so that means you're number three, correct? Yeah, number three. Yeah, I speak a bisschen Deutsch. My number three is from a movie you've already kind of discussed, and that is the Batman franchise. Woohoo! So that's going to be higher on my list as well. So let's save, surprise me with, with which Batmobile it is when we get to mine. How about that? And we'll talk about yeah. the franchise and all the Batmobiles together at the same time. Can do. So perfect, because my number three is the Ecto-1. So Adam, let me ask you this. Are you going to be talking about the Ecto-1 or the Ecto-1A from uh, Ghostbusters 2? Uh, I was actually going to talk about the uh, Ecto-1 from the Ghostbusters, like, uh, 2018 film or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was, 2016. Son of a that's, bitch. That's obviously the best. <laughs> that's obviously the one. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, the Ecto-1, the yeah, classic. the original. The yeah. 1959 yeah. Cadillac Miller Meteor Futura yep. Duplex. <laughs> yeah, I wrote, I wrote it all down to you, buddy. I have the whole specs and everything. And with with the ambulance conversion. Yes, exactly. It was an ambulance, which is great. I know. Actually, I do. I'm not a fan 
of the more recent Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. It's just a poorly written piece of trash film. But I liked that they went that it was it was a hearse. Yeah. I thought no, that, that was, was funny. That was good. Yeah, I like that too. Besides that, like that was good. The rest of the film was just not well done, not well written, not, not even well acted, unfortunately. And I like a lot of those actresses. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to shit too much on it. But the Ecto-1, and particularly the classic Ghostbusters Ecto-1, and I'm a Ghostbusters 2 fan. You are not. Yeah. But I, you cannot deny the iconicness of this vehicle. God, dude. I mean, between the cartoon, uh, the toys, like th- that siren sound, like you could play just that sound without any visuals and you and I would both immediately know what the fuck movie that's from and what vehicle that is, dude. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like you said, it is iconic. And uh, one of the, one of the podcasts I listened to is a Ghostbuster podcast called the Interdimensional Cross Rip. And uh, one of the hosts, Troy, actually co-wrote a, a, a manual, a ghost, an Ecto-1 manual. And it was printed by the people that actually make like all the manuals when you go to like a, a store and you find like just the manual on the 1970 Chevy Nova, you know, like uh, they have those books that you can actually buy, learn how to repair everything. They actually put one out for the Ecto-1, which was fantastic. And he, he actually figured out like what all the different instruments were on top of the hood and everything or on top of the roof. But dude, I love just the look of it, you know, coupled with obviously it, it carries their proton packs in it. You know, it's it's almost I mean, anyone no one has to argue it. It's as much of a character as any of of the other characters in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Without question. That's a very well put statement there because you've got Venkman, you've got all of the other characters. Why, why am I blanking? Probably because of the whiskey. St- st- Stance, uh, <laughs> Egon Spangler, and Zedmore. Yeah, there you go. Um, but then you have the Ecto-1, the Ecto-Mobile, that yeah. is also called. Uh, yeah. in, in the song that they have, they actually call it the Ecto-Mobile. Um, so it's called that or Ecto-1. But the, the license plate is Ecto-1, which is just fantastic. Yeah. It just... It just it's so different. It's so funny. It's also so comical just being like this ambulance and just <laughs> being old as shit. I mean, it's a, from 1959 and the movie's from the 80s and they're trying to like, you know, <laughs> get the shit. It just shows that these guys don't have any fucking money um, and they're just doing with what they can. And it's just great. And the scene where Ray rolls up to the firehouse with it, and he got, or, um, sorry, Vinkman's outside. And he's like, "Oh, you can't park here." And then Ray comes out, and he's like, "Oh, I got this for like six grand or something." He's like, "It just needs this, that, and another." And like as he's rattling them off, Vinkman's eyes—he just like they get bigger, and he starts slouching. And any time someone does something similar to me, like rattles off a bunch of shit that something needs. I try to do the Vankman, the, the, mm. <laughs> but it's so subtle. You can't really see him do it, but that's Bill Murray, man. Bill Murray's a fucking genius. And that movie is a goddamn genius. Uh, I know you love Ghostbusters, but I don't hear you guys talk about it too, too much. Where does it fall? Like in your top 10, 20, like, is it in the top 10 for you? Uh, of As movies movie. of all time. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it top fifty. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah. I, that's what I was gonna say. I didn't think it was terribly high. Uh, it's been you yeah. don't you don't you guys don't watch it as much, probably as much of a nostalgic <laughs> not as thing. you. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's a good, I really enjoy the movie. Yeah. But as, like, it's not my favorite comedy of all time. Actually, throw, uh, I would say probably Coming to America is my favorite comedy of all time. Yeah. Um, I know you love it, that the royal penis is clean. I, <laughs> I love that. But I love, I love so much about that film. Um, but there's a lot of other, like, and I would say as a film student, um, some of, like, a lot of those classic or more art house film student kind of films they creep into my list um that might probably knock down bump it okay yeah they bump it just a little bit now granted my appreciation is phenomenal yeah um, now granted when i rewatch it i see some like you know like wow some of these graphic things are pretty rough with like the dogs <laughs> yeah. and you see the mat like moving yeah. around it's just like wow that's shit they couldn't clean that up um but as storytelling goes god it's so good it's so good. So, and and the the comedy, the acting is just is phenomenal. It's a, and you know it's 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 about a successful startup business is all it's yeah. the movie's really about. <laughs> True, you're you're dead on on that. So. Uh, and I always tell my you know my my wife knows, but I always tell people like it doesn't matter, dude. Even though I'm 43 years old, if anyone asks me truly in my heart of hearts what my job would be if i ever wanted a dream job it would be to be a ghostbuster that would always be my dream but i saw this when i was like six years old what, what do you want okay. from me yeah uh, uh so that now i'm all thrown off what number are you on by the way uh two? I'm, I'm yeah number two because my number three was um was a batmobile right so okay it was higher on your list so, <laughs> okay yeah. so all right what is your number two then my number two is possibly the sexiest vehicle ever put on film, or one of. Maybe not ever, but at least for like ones that I love a lot. Um, and it is the Ferrari from Ferris Bueller. Ah, right when you said Ferrari, I knew you were going to go with Ferris Bueller. And, uh, oh, that is a beautiful car. And I still to this day love that shot of those two, uh, you know, parking attendants driving it as it's flying through the air. I wish I could be as happy as those two men. (laughs) While the the, the fucking Star Wars theme is going on. (laughs) And it's just, it's epic. So good. So, yeah. so what? what is your, you know, it's a great car and everything, but also, what you know, talk about your love for the, the movie as well. Oh, I mean, Ferris Bueller is just a phenomenal 80s film. It is a ridiculous thing when you think about it of, of how much this, this guy gets away with. It's just utter bullshit. But it's so much fun. I mean, it's a John Hughes kind of thing. It's, it's you get dance numbers. You get some so much fun. Matthew Broderick just does a great job playing like this douchey character, but at the same time, you know he's a douche, but you love him and you yeah. want to be friends with him. Like that's the thing. Like I've met so many douches living in like you know like the suburbs, and I'm like fuck all of y'all. But like Ferris Bueller, I want to be friends with him. The yeah. jocks, the geeks, the dweebs, the spazoids, everybody <laughs> is like they all love him. <laughs> God, and what and what a collection of characters that movie has, dude. Yeah. Like like fucking Rooney. <laughs> fucking yeah. love Rooney. <laughs> I think he got uh, caught with child porn. The actual yeah, actor. <laughs> I don't love I don't love the actor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey oh, hey oh. But yeah, no the the movie character, um, that car, um, you know his friend. What's Cameron? What's his, Cameron, his friend Cameron. Let my Cameron go. It's so good. All of it's good. And actually, it's a movie and I probably haven't seen yeah. shit probably in about 15 years at this point. It's I'm do a rewatch, my man, because. And Sloan is sexy. 
Oh, dude, Sloane fucking rules, man. Sloane Peterson. Like, I I know all the names. Do you have a kiss for daddy? I guess that's how they do it in their family. It's, dude, that movie is wild, bro. And then the dad was, uh, what's his nuts, right? Sure. What's his, I don't know. I can't remember what his name was. He was some random dude. But, I know, I uh, thought it was, um, I thought it was the guy from Trading, uh, Trading Places. What? No, it's not him. I nah, I got him. I get him confused. Never mind. Okay. Cutting all that. Cutting out. Oh but, oh oh! Yeah. You thought it was. You thought it was I, the um. Beaks. Uh, the, the, I thought it was Beaks from Trading. Exactly. Beaks. I always got him. Beaks. It's the other yeah. guy. It's not. Um. But the mom in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. We talked about her in our Deep Star Six uh, review, the underwater sea monster thing. She's in that. And actually, we made an argument on our review that she's actually the hero of the movie. Uh, she dies oh. in the process, but killing the creature, trying to to save other people. And it's uh, Ferris Bueller's mom. Uh, that's a and, good argument. That's and that's cool. where I always sort of knew her from. Because when I saw her, I was like, I always know her as Ferris Bueller's mom. Yep. You know. Yep. Well, let me talk a bit about the car. <laughs> yeah, right. Why, why are we here? <laughs> so, so it's based on a 1961 Ferrari 250 GT California, but really it is a replica that they oh. made, and they kind of actually named it the 1985 Modena GT Spider California. Um, so it's 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 built. Uh, it's a fake build to look like the 1961 classic, but it is not um, the actual classic. There were only 56 of those 61 Ferrari G- 250 GT Californias ever made. Like, they they sell for buku fucking bucks. And they destroy it, uh, a few of them, in this movie, so they couldn't yes. use real ones for that. Of course not. So they, they had to uh, have a design company do that. And actually, Ferrari sued Modena, that design company, because they uh, illegally put Ferrari tags onto that car but i mean so all right okay all right this is actually interesting so but shouldn't shouldn't the production company have reached out to ferrari to secure the li- essentially essentially what, what the problem is they had they didn't have the licensing rights to put the, exactly. the logos exactly. they, on there 100 percent. the design company built a car right and put ferrari logos on their car which is illegal without getting Ferrari's right. approval. And I'm just curious if the production company of the movie should have requested that or if the design car, like, I, I feel like the, the car designers were just doing their job, right? They were just like, yes. hey, make it look like this Ferrari. I'm going to do my job and do it. I feel like the, the production company, the studio, should have reached out to Ferrari and been like, can we license Ferrari to be in the movie? If they were good people, yes, but that's not how Hollywood works. Right. So they said, hey, we need you to build a, car that replicates this but it is their job to build it and make it if they're making a building and driving a or uh building creating a drivable car they can't just steal someone else's intellectual property right um now filming something like that you can film that and put it on air and it's no big deal you know like seriously now a lot of people will block logos and shit like that because they're not um, you know, th- there is some issues like we talked about with Seinfeld when we talk about blocking these shoes, but most of the time when you buy, you're, you're kind of blocking a litigation. Most of the time you're just blocking these things because they've never paid for your advertising. So you're right. not giving them free advertising dollars. Okay. Okay. So you can like film different cars. It's not that big of a deal, but what the problem here was 
the company made the car didn't secure the rights and they went out of business because of all of the litigation fees. So the design company that made those cars didn't work again wow. because Ferrari Ferrari sued them to death, basically. I was, see, I would think that, like, the studio should have defended you because, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like, you just— Dude, that's, how, that's fucking Hollywood. They don't give a shit about no, you. No, I know. They You're hate you. A, Jesus Christ. Man, they they don't hate you. They love you until they don't need you anymore, and then you're fucking done. Ex- yeah, exactly. Exactly. And guys and gals, if you listen to uh, Cartwright at all, um, you'll know that Adam uh, ha- has a background uh, in film in-, in the film industry, and uh, he-, he worked in L.A. and everything as an editor. Um, and we both have, like, film degrees and everything and-, and backgrounds and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's I, I always – Love these conversations about the nitty gritty of the film world uh, with you on Cartwright. And I'm glad that we're able to actually bring it over here to uh, podcasting after dark. So (laughs) thank you. I'm glad. But damn, dude, that fucking sucks for that company, man. (laughs) Big time. They made an iconic car. This Ferrari and it being on Ferris Bueller is so iconic but literally you see the way you put it you see the joy in those parking attendants eyes you see the just the pure sexiness of this car even though it gets utterly destroyed later um and the one that got destroyed was a uh they made three different cars this one it was basically a shell yeah it was like a yeah. husk that they yeah. just kind of pushed out the back but i if i had that car even even a replica even yeah. if i just had a replica of that car i would drive down the streets and i would be just we have a raging boner the entire time. Well, you and I talked about that, I think on a curb, I think it was the curb episode with the 57 Chevy, uh, season one. We were talking about that on, on Cartwright's Patreon. Um, and you and I both talked about the fact that we don't care if it's a kit car, you know what I mean? Like we would be totally cool with that. And, and, and so much to the fact that like, I wouldn't care if I had like a, a 1970, you know, Nova sort of kit car and had like a CD player in the front, you know, like or an MP3 player. I don't yep. need it to have all the the synchronized S social, you know, the numbers and all that kind of whatever you have to do with it. That's what makes it more valuable. That's that's when we're getting into the Jerry Seinfeld world and and the the Jay Leno world, you know, with, with all these cars where they're, you know, those guys are collectors. They this car has to have all the serial numbers have to line up and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. that shit's only going to go up in value, bro, as as the U.S. dollar goes down. So <laughs> buy cars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, well, buy like historic. Yeah, like, yeah. Ancient, don't like buying new cars. They just fucking <laughs> yeah. they do degrade. Yeah. My 2013 Dodge Dart's never going to go up in value. It's only going to go down. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, you know, it will never go down in value. The Blast from Past podcast. No, I'm just kidding. That was uh, that's one of those segues we do on Cartwright, uh, buddy. We're on the Batmobile, so okay. So we're on number. My number two is a Batmobile, but because you had yours first, I want to let you have a chance to talk about which Batmobile you're referring to first. I'm talking about the one and only the best Batmobile, which is the 1989 Burton Batmobile. What a great synchronicity because that is my favorite Batmobile as well. Um, real quick, I want you to tell us why why you love it. But before we do, I want to say that it was – I was actually wrong. When we were talking offline, uh, I texted you. I thought it was built on a Viper chassis. It is I, was, not- I was so ready to fucking shit on you when yeah. you said that because I already did the research. I was like, dude, Viper didn't even fucking come out until 92. So, so what was the chassis that it was built on? 
Uh, a Chevy Impala. Yep, and uh, and they used also a modified 1970 uh, Corvette body to kind yeah. of uh, fuck with, and then they added that <laughs> I jet I was engine. so ready to fuck yeah. you over. <laughs> yeah, no, you're 100% correct. You're, and I almost wonder, I almost wonder if the Viper kind of took some cues from the Batmobile. Yeah, um, but who gives a shit? This fucking car is beautiful. What do you love about it, bro? All right, so... You look through the gamut of Batmobiles, and they, you know that 1966 one is kind of classic. That convertible top, it looks kind of fun, but it's ridiculous as a Batmobile. You go down later, you know we get this 1989 one, but then like because it's also used pretty much again in Batman Returns, yeah. it's pretty much the same one. Um, then it gets more ridiculous in Batman Forever, and then it gets even more ridiculous yep. in Batman and Robin. Yep. And then they kind of like turn it into like this very, um, very military kind of almost tank-like thing, the Tumbler, which a lot of people love. The Tumbler. Yeah. Okay. Can you let's talk about that just real quick? What are your sure. thoughts on the Tumbler? Do you like that at all? Not as uh, not as a Batmobile. I yeah. now what I do like about it is I do feel Christopher Nolan tried to ground the Dark Knight trilogy in a little bit more reality. And so you need a more military looking vehicle with these huge wheels, like massive wheels that can jump over things and pop curbs and do other stuff. Like all the other Batmobiles, like they're so they're like fucking low riders. Yeah. Yeah. Literally they couldn't even do a fucking like uh, a bump in the road or like no. if you had, if you had a, um, a regular speed bump, uh, like, the, the, speed bump could knock fucked. over. It would bottom out over a speed bump. Easy. So I think the practicality of the Tumblr is very cool, and particularly in the Dark Knight when they do, like, the ejection into the Bat Cycle. I mean, I I pretty much came my pants <laughs> when that scene happened. But there is a difference with the practicality and the sleekness and coolness from the 1989 Batmobile. Bro, I saw this shit in the theater with my dad and it changed my fucking life, man. Like, this this just... It, I don't even know. I don't even know. But, like, Batman 89 is one of my favorite Batman movies. I love the Nolan uh, Dark Knight. I love Batman Begins. All that kind of stuff. I love how different the Nolan stuff is from the Tim Burton stuff. Mm -hmm. I love Batman Returns. I'm not the biggest fan of uh, Forever, and I'm a, I do not like uh, Batman and Robin. Um, but, dude, seeing this Batmobile on the screen, to, and it kind of tied into the Tumblr. Like, I like what you're saying, like, what the Tumblr does. I, I get it, you know what I mean? I get why it exists, and I get why it exists in the Nolan universe. But it has no Batman, like, uh, topography on it you know what i mean and it's there's, like one yeah it's there's, just there's a flair that Bat, Bat, batman yeah. brings that is not there with the tumbler yeah and, and some there's something about batman that i think correct me if i'm wrong but we all love as a society how much flair batman puts into all of his stuff and the batmobile yeah like think about it coming out yeah the 1966 batman you know with with uh, adam west and everything uh, burt ward and whatnot was was great i mean yeah, it's not practical but it's iconic at this point and it's beautiful it's a beautiful car it might not just be practical but then like all of a sudden batman's coming back to the theaters and this is what it comes with? This is what they bring to the table? Holy fucking shit. This thing is 
gorgeous. And, like, the fact that the canopy, like, you have to get in there by the whole front end opening up. Like, dude, how fucking cool is that? It's got that sort of racing uh, handlebar thing, yeah, a steering wheel thing. Is I mean, everything. Everything about it was awesome. It has machine guns. It has a fucking shield barrier thing, you know. Uh, the It's called the, cocoon mode. The, yep, the cocoon mode. Bro, like, what did you think, man, when you saw all this shit as a kid when you were watching this movie for the first time? Exactly. Um, 89 Batman was the first Batman that I experienced as a kid. And so this one blew your mind. You know, you might play with some Batman toys when you're younger or whatnot, but you saw this film and you saw it's so long. It's so sleek and it's so intimidating. Like, it fits really well with Batman, who is kind of... You know, he's this stealthy kind of guy. The Tumblr is not built for stealth, and no. so that's why I think it doesn't fit Batman. This one, long, sleek, sexy, it's just crazy cool. And so all of that worked really well with, like, that Batman and the noir style that Burton fit into the world of his two Batman films. Um, so, yeah, I, you get blown away by it. Now, when you go back and rethink about Batman and how both his Batplane and the Batmobile had guns on them, and he is not a gun guy. Yeah, yeah, Those are yeah. It's a bit bullshitty, yeah. but it's still cool. As a kid, you don't think about it, and you're just like, oh, that's so cool, and it is cool. Because remember when he blows up Axe's chemical plant in, in, in <laughs> yeah. 89 Batman? There's actual Joker guards right next to the Batmobile when it drops the bombs. I mean, they yep. are they are incinerated. They are oh, yeah, dead. Yeah. You see them like like he is using like uh I mean he's using some of the guns that on his bat plane at one point or his Batmobile and like you see like a guard dropping like he one hundred percent kills people yeah in those movies which is not Batman yeah no but dude, you know I, what I, you forgive it it's <laughs> who cares uh, and, and dude like and it's funny because like I love Batman Begins so much I actually think it's a perfect movie um, and I specifically love the scene where uh, it's kind of the first time he's Batman and Falcone is watching him sort of fight the the guards down by the um, or his goons down by the docks but I love how that scene is filmed as a horror movie you know briefly filmed as a horror movie from the mm -hmm. guard the goons point of view but Dude, like, like the Batmobile in that movie, I was like, it never really sort of jived with me. Uh, the the whole Tumblr thing in in Dark Knight, uh, even though I love the Nolan universe. But let me ask you this: Did you at all consider the Batman the Animated Series uh, version of the Batmobile for this discussion? I did not because you said this was movies. Yeah. And, and I, even though it was in um, uh, the Phantom... Uh, 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 Mask of the Phantasm. Fan yeah. Mask of the yeah. Phantasm. Yeah. Um, I didn't think of that. And to me, because it came from the show. And if you did if you did TV shows, fuck, my list would have been totally different. Yeah. It, no, and I'm, I'm, and I'm 100% with you. And, and that's the reason I didn't uh, bring the General Lee, uh, you know, from Dukes of Hazzard, even though there was a movie yeah. I, that no one likes that. <laughs> no. So, so, but, but for the sake of argument and discussion... Uh, where does the Batman the Animated Series version rank for you? Because that thing I always thought was pretty fucking cool looking. The front end, and, and you mentioned it earlier, but the mm -hmm. front end is, that is crazy long on that one, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I like that one. It would probably end up in like the two or three range. Okay. I'd, I'd have to really break it down. It's not number one for me. I mean, it is iconic. I love the Batman Animated Series 
probably more than any other of the Batman, you know, just parts of media. Yeah. Um, but the Batmobile is way more simpler in that one. And I think there's some of these extra cool things that you see in the movies that just elevate them. And also, I'm not going to lie, seeing them in real life, that's cooler. That's that's always infinitely cooler. And then in uh, Batman Returns, we see that the Batmobile can actually uh, jettison like the two like two thirds of its frame, and then Batman's kind of riding on this essential jet engine chassis. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. I never quite liked that. But what are your thoughts on on what Batman Returns does with the Batmobile? Um, I have not seen Batman Returns in a long time, so I we actually are going to be doing it later this year okay. on Blast from Our Past podcast. We're saving it for our Christmas episode. Oh, so yeah, it's a great Christmas been, movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a long time. So, but I I know it has exactly has that jet engine, and they kind of emphasize that. And I don't remember having any issues with it. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, no, I I I wasn't a big fan of it because it because he kind of like goes in between an alley or something, and I'm like, well, that's a very specified reason to use this, like, thing oh, that happens. the thing where they, where they, they shed it, and it yeah, goes it into, like, that, 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 that it, like, arrow mode or whatever the yeah, fuck it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I was like, I was like, but, but the thing you, is, like, you Batman's lose. all, Batman's all about fucking, like, one-trick ponies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> me, me and my wife have a rule where we try not to buy any, like, singular kitchen gadgets that are only meant to do one thing. <laughs> But, like, Batman buys all of them, and he does that with all of his things. No, it's, it's funny that you mention that. I actually have a particular fascination with devices that literally only do one thing. Like, I saw this one time, like, there's, like, a, you know, a pizza cooking thing, and it's only yeah. for pizzas. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. And it's funny because it's funny that you guys talk about how you don't like it. I love <laughs> expensive just, and I won't buy them but I love the idea of yeah. expensive hyper specialized things they're, <laughs> they're so it's stupid ridiculous yeah so stupid <laughs> oh dude I knew the Batmobile was gonna be on the but list Batman does do those specialized things. Yeah. here's my yeah. bat my my bat uh bat repellent here's my <laughs> yeah. all this other shit yeah. yeah, no, I know what you mean. And where where would the uh, the sixty six one fall for you if you kind of had to kind of do a quick like sort of pretty fucking low? Okay, like I mean, it has a cool look. Well, maybe middle of the pack because I do think I probably like it better than before uh, Schumacher kind of made yeah. them all neon, kind of like I you know hated this bullshit all that shit, dude. Yeah, so it's, I'd say in the middle of that. It's 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 behind the tumbler. I will say that for sure. Okay, and it's probably you know it's it's probably almost similar placement if you just swap tumbler for that for me. Like I, and it's only because of like nostalgia, man. Like because for so long. That was the Batmobile that I grew up with. Um, but now it's become the thing of the movies where, you know, we're, we're getting a new one, uh, a new Batman shit. I mean, with everything that's going on, I don't know when it's supposed to come out now. Um, but now, of course, you know, we're all going to be curious to see what the new Batmobile in that movie is going to look like. And, dude, at this point, just the Batmobile in general is just iconic. It doesn't matter which iteration it is. It's the Batmobile, and just being the Batmobile is iconic. All right, dude. This is your number one. Do we have the same number one? I'm curious. Yeah, my number one was not on your list, and 
if it's not in the top five, I I don't. I, I, I'm, I'm fairly sure you know what my number one is. Well, can I guess, or do you want me to wait? How, how about because if it's the same one, why don't you guess? Well, guess right now. What do you think my number one is? I'm gonna guess your number one is the Mad Max vehicle. And what would your number one be, my friend? I want you to guess my number one. The Mad Max vehicle. No. Oh. <laughs> it's the fucking DeLorean. Yeah, that's you know. It, yes, I should have gone with that. Um, it was gonna be on my list. I dropped it because I was fairly certain it was gonna be on your list. Um, of course. I I kind of figured it was gonna be the top three. Um, I also, by the way, real quick, I also dropped the family truckster from uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah, I, I, I don't give a shit about those, I, but I'm I'm kind of surprised you you didn't have it on well, there. Well, I, I dropped it specifically because I wanted to have a conversation that we could, you know, talk about. And I knew you didn't really like Chevy <laughs> Chase stuff. Um, but I, the DeLorean was on my list for a second. Uh, and then I was like, you know what? I actually am not the biggest fan of, of Back to the Future. I don't hate it. Don't hate it. I lo- it's a good movie. But I don't, like, watch it as much as a bunch of other people do. So I was like, you know what? I guarantee you Adam's going to have it on his. Uh, yeah. So, Back to the Future. The DeLorean. It's iconic. Doc Brown. Everything about Back to the Future is fucking iconic at this point. But let me ask you this. Which one are we talking about? Back to the Future 1, 2, or 3? Uh, for me, I mean, it's it's one. It's not three where it's busted ass and they have to have a, a you know a train push it. Um, and two, you know, I mean, even in even in number one in the first movie, by the end of the film, it's, they kind of hype it up. Yeah. But for me, it's that classic number one. Yeah, you can have like the what is it, the Mister Fusion at the, but even that's kind of like a bit ridiculous from like the number two. Yeah. Uh, film. I like it without some of that stuff. So I'll give it to like the original Back to the Future film. It's a 1981. It's based on a 1981 DeLorean DMC 12. This this is the iconic movie car. I completely agree. More so then you you guessed it, my number one, and we'll talk about it in a second. But I would still say that this is probably the number one, if not, or it's tied for the Batmobile, the number one most iconic movie car of all time. And I think the only issue with the Batmobile is that there's been multiple iterations. Some people maybe push for the Tumblr. Some people push for 89. There's only Some people one push for DeLorean. 66. There's only one DeLorean. Yeah, you might add a couple things to it through the other films, but it's the DeLorean. Like, literally, yeah. this film franchise made DeLorean a fucking name. Yeah. Like, after after they were already done and worthless, this franchise made it cool to have it. Now, literally, I've seen random people have this car. People will buy fuck I would buy a DeLorean tomorrow if I had the film if I had the money just to own it. Now even if it didn't have all that other stuff, I would fucking buy a DeLorean to have and drive it around because it's a fucking DeLorean. It's the goddamn Back to the Future movie car. And you know what's funny? When I see a DeLorean, it looks weird to me because it doesn't have all the pieces that the Back to the Future car has, you know, and meaning that Back to the the Back to the Future version to me is the iconic version and the iconic look of that car, and uh, it's so and dude, like what an interesting car to sort of base it on. It, it's it's 
because this car never changed. The DeLorean always looks like a DeLorean. They never changed like the body styles as much as I can I, I can really remember, but it's like the DeLorean was always kind of this. So it's almost like it's always going to be a, a, a symbiotic relationship that Back to the Future has with DeLorean. It'll never go away like because because of like what you say there are no really other iterations and basically what i'm trying to say is what you said about the batmobile applies mm-hmm. more to the delorean because there's yeah. no other iterations of that you know so it's it's locked it's locked into this thing and it's awesome exactly. that's fucking awesome it is this car the car in itself is ridiculous but ridiculous in a cool way it's got those gullwing doors the DeLorean itself has that flux capacitor. Honestly, if I got into a DeLorean and it didn't have a fake flux capacitor behind me, I'd be like, what the fuck? Why do you even own this car? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? <laughs> yeah, uh, but I've seen – you've seen people will buy DeLoreans and they'll, they'll – they'll, literally, I think there are more DeLoreans out there that are recreated as, yeah. uh, as this – as Back to the Future cars than any other – film car like out in like the real world or or i would probably say there are more like fully functioning deloreans that are converted to back to the future cars than are actual just deloreans themselves <laughs> you're probably you're yeah. probably right exactly <laughs> because there's no reason to buy a fucking delorean other than to give homage to this film and uh, i think all of this also helps the fact that like the DeLorean car, like the guy who owned it, like there's all kinds of drug stuff going on. Yes. Do you know, like, can you elaborate on, on like they were using, like they were transporting drugs in the car and stuff like stuff what the like fuck? That. Well, yeah, he, he did get in trouble for, um, uh, for drug charges. And I, it might've been, um, like muling drugs or shit like that. But 100%, like they went out of business by 1983. Three, I think it was. And so, like, the car itself was a massive flop. Massive flop. And But the thing about it, it's incredibly unique. Obviously, not just, like, the Gullwing Doors. Literally, there's only, like, two or three cars in history that have used Gullwing Doors. But on top of that, it's unpainted. It's just using its, like, steel uh, actual, like, frame. Oh. It's it's a non-painted car at all, which oh. is I thought they painted totally it silver, different. so that's, that's actually nope. specifically... Not even like that's just unpainted. That's unpainted. really cool, dude. Exactly. I mean, the car itself wasn't all that special on the specs. It had yeah. a zero to sixty in eight point eight seconds. Like fuck, I think my shitty uh, Ford Escape can do zero to sixty in less than that. I remember people talking about that back in the eighties when they were like, "It's a cool looking car, but it's kind of trash." Like, like on the inside, like right under the hood, essentially, right? Yeah, um, and it's actually kind of funny. During that time when the car was produced, uh, uh, Jimmy Carter was the president at that point, and he put a unnecessary um, uh, regulation on car speedometers hmm. to where they could only go up to 85 miles per hour. I think probably to try and de-emphasize the desire to speed, which is like, if your entire pre- presidency is like pushing on not speeding, you're a shitty president, which I, I love Jimmy Carter. I'm from Georgia. He's from Georgia. He's not the best president, but I do say he's probably the best 
human being he, yeah. who's been president. Yes. He's agree. he's like one of the greatest persons of all time because he just does whatever. But as a president, he's not a great leader. Yeah. But he, anyway. He's still like 90, he's like 90 something years old, still building houses. Like for, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, and, and by the way, dude, uh, I, I know a lot of times on Cartwright, you make fun of like sort of how old I am. Uh, one of the old phrases that I always still use and my wife just looks at me with glassed over eyes is I'll say something like, you have more so-and-so than Carter has pills. And that was a thing that my grandpa would say, like, oh, Adam, Adam, you have more whiskey uh, bottles than Carter has pills because Carter had a lot of pills back in the day. That was a thing? I, I'm sorry, that went over my head, too. Yep. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, funny enough, though, because of that thing, like, the actual DeLorean, like I said, had a uh, speedometer. It only went to 85, so the... The film um, had to replace the speedometer with one that went up to 95 ah. so they could show it going to 88 miles per hour because <laughs> the actual one wasn't allowed, didn't have a speedometer that showed 88, even though the car itself did have a top speed of 110, but still you needed a speedometer to show that for the film. So it's, it's a, they, they faked that. Okay. If you will. Okay. Oh dude. Great. I mean, great pick. It's, it's iconic. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those movies where, like, I admit that I'm kind of wrong. Um, and, Adam, you've known me as long as you've known me. We've been talking movies and TV pretty much our entire friendship. You know why I wasn't a, the biggest Back to the Future fan. It's because my dad ruined me on fucking RoboCop and fucking Aliens <laughs> when I was too young. When you're fucking, like, nine yeah, years old. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. But that is not to say that I don't agree that Back to the Future is a great fucking movie. I just never watched it a lot as a kid. Um, but as a testimony to how, how iconic that car is, it was going to make my top five list. But I kind of just was mm -hmm. like, you know what? Let me bump it for Adam because I figured he was going to hit it anyways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we had multiple ones that did make both of our lists, both the Ecto-1 and the Batmobile and that specific Batmobile. So I think that was a good call to uh, to just, you know, yeah, let, take let it off. Yeah, let you handle it, yeah. There's no way it was not going to make a list. It had to have made something, yeah, exactly. And then when yeah. you asked me, I was like, my brain just went total blank, yeah. you know. Do you all go, do you, do you, you do honorable mentions. Can we, can yeah, we mention some honorable mentions? Yeah, let's do it. Go for it, go for it, buddy. Well, Okay, well, because uh, we know what you, what's coming up with yeah, yours, and yeah. I'm obviously not going to mention it. But honestly, like, I was not an old-school Mad Max guy. I didn't give a shit about Mad Max until Fury Road, and then it blew me away, and it just was just like, holy Christ, oh, ah, this is so good. Um, but other ones that I did consider, actually, like, one of the first cars I wrote down was the Teen Wolf van, because I fucking uh, love Teen yeah, Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, um, I, I love styles. Oh, and I know you yeah. love Teen Wolf, but I, I remember you guys, when you reviewed it on the Blast from Past, you weren't as positive no. about it. Like, remember, like you remember, you're like, eh, it didn't hold up as well. No, no, the movie is not good. Yeah. But as a nostalgic film, yeah. I yeah. liked it. For, like, in back in, young Adam loved Teen Wolf. Yeah. 19, or like 35-year-old Adam is like, wow, I recognize how shitty this is <laughs> as an actual film. But it is an iconic car, uh, movie vehicle. Yeah, and particularly doing, like, the surfing on top of the van was, like, a really cool thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's what I got mm -hmm. from it. Um, I wanted to throw out the uh, the um, the semi-truck the uh, that— Maximum that, Overdrive? That Stallone— 
Oh. No, not maximum overdrive. The the semi truck that um, Stallone won in Over the Top. Yep, yep. Holy shit, that's a cool. I love Over the Top. I fucking love that shit. Yeah, I th- I think Zach loves that movie too. Um, you guys should do an episode about it. Uh, <laughs> Gladly. I, I was actually gonna put um the maximum overdrive yeah, truck with the about. the Green Goblin face on the front. I was gonna put that on there too, but I was like. I was like, ah, it's it, it doesn't really do much. I mean, yeah, it's cool and all, but it doesn't do much in the movie. Yeah, so uh, I've got a couple others that I just want to mention yep, now. Yeah, throw them out there. Um, the dude's Gran Torino from Big Lebowski. That car takes such a fucking beating, but it is just, it's a fun, they have a lot of scenes of them just driving and just being like, you know, God damn it, like, Great scenes, great stuff. Um, I loved. I actually rewatched the Big Lebowski just not long ago at all, and just like, God damn, I love that film. I'm not the biggest Big Lebowski fan. I've huh. only seen it once, but that's not. To, and it was a long, long time ago. I've been meaning to give it a rewatch because I, I don't. I don't try. Like my opinion, I do not think is valid anymore because it was so long ago. I I I need to rewatch it. I need to talk to my brother about that because i think he actively hates the film um and he probably hasn't seen it in forever but like i just god i love that one uh was was the dumb and dumber uh that was the next one i was gonna mention (laughs) i knew it the shaggin wagon from dumb and dumber because you guys just talked about that i mean well at this point it was a while ago but you guys talked about that recently and I even said in that uh, discussion that it's not an iconic top tier, but it's the next level. Yeah. Like, and then that's, that's exactly it is an honorable mention. Yep. Yeah. It, yeah. It is perpetually in an honorable mention scenario. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun. I mean, it's dressed up like a dog. Yeah. And yeah. it's just good shit. And, and honestly, um, if you showed a picture of it to anybody, they would most likely say Dumb and Dumber. That's what it's from. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then the other two I want to mention, well, three, I guess, but as I say, uh, both the Jurassic Park Ford Explorer yep. and the Jurassic Park Jeep. Yep. Those are both awesome cars. Probably the Ford Explorer because it's a little bit more uh, painted up, like, you know, in like the Jurassic Park colors, shit like that. That's a good call. I didn't even think of that. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't think of that one, but you're right. That is a really fucking iconic vehicle right there. And then the last one that I considered was actually from a uh, remake film. It wasn't from the original, and I think they call it Eleanor or Eleanor Two in the uh, the Nick Cage Gone in sixty Seconds film. Oh yeah, it's a Mustang. Now they had a, an original film uh, with like this classic Mustang, and they kind of redo it in the Gone in sixty Seconds with Angelina Jolie and uh, Nick Cage. But like, it's a. I mean, is it? Ultimately, it's just a cool Mustang, and that's why I didn't put it in my list because it's ultimately just a fucking Mustang. All of the other callers I mentioned are just more special. And that's why, like, you know, Steve McQueen, you know, Bullet, the the Mustang didn't make it because it's just a Mustang. And I like the fact that, you know, the Ferrari from, from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you know, I, I get it. it's technically there, it's a, but it's a replica, and I like the fact that you brought a lot of this knowledge to talk about to the table. But, so, like, that was perfect, you know what I mean? Like, But also, it's a fucking Ferrari. Right, it's a right. sweet-ass goddamn yeah, Ferrari. But, but that's, but yeah, but what you were just saying, that's the reason that, like, yeah, Bullet didn't make my list, you know. Um, I, was, I, was yeah. thinking, I was thinking, like, Smoking the Bandit. Like, 
that's iconic, that Trans Am, but it, it's just a Trans Am. Like, I think the iconicness mm-hmm. is Burt Reynolds in the Trans Am, right? Yeah. Like, that's the difference. And then the reason that, like, uh, the Death Proof made my list is because it's, like, obviously it's a souped-up specialized version of a 1970 Chevy Nova. So, dude, I totally feel you on that. And like I mentioned earlier, I didn't bring the family truckster to the list. And honestly... Uh, it's iconic, but I think it would be in my top 10. I don't think it would be in my top five. Uh, it's, okay. it's a movie car. That's that's great and all. But honestly, I probably should. like If I was going to do anything, I would have brought the DeLorean in, onto the, the, the mix. So, yeah, um, all right, buddy. My number one, we just said it, but I'll just rattle it off. It is the last of the V8 Interceptors, a.k.a. the Pursuit Special. From Mad Max 1979, I'm talking about the original one, and it is a 1973 Ford Falcon XB GT Coupe. Uh, it's an Australian exclusive car, so that's why, like, so earlier when I was saying that the Chevy Nova is my favorite American car, it's because mm-hmm. this is my favorite car of all time. Like the 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 Mad Max's Interceptor, if I could have one fucking car, it would be this Ford Falcon XB GT Coupe, uh, Australian exclusives, 1973. Um, and of course, the the in the movie, the blower uh, is not functional. That's that's kind of added on on the on the hood. And then they actually fabricated this that front end, the the way the um the the headlights look and that the front end of it. That's that's fabrication. That's made it look that way um but if i could own one car just with you know any amount of money just own one car it would be this car i as long as i can remember bro my entire fucking life this car has symbolized like muscle cars to me you know and it has symbolized like just bad assery and then like as i got older you know i realized that you know, the Mad Max template, it, the movie genre itself is kind of like, you know, it, it's kind of like a gunslinger or a samurai movie. Um, and the fact that like Mad Max is uh, Max Rokotansky, he's only good at one thing and that's driving, you know, and he can't like mm-hmm. ever stay with anybody. And, and Road Warrior is much more of an example of, of this and everything. But one thing I liked in the original Mad Max film was they created a little bit of mythos about this car, and they called it the last of the V8s. Uh, it, it, when you watch the movie, um, Knight Rider uh, has the same car at the beginning. Uh, so it's a pers- it's it's Main Force Patrol Pursuit Special. Uh, Main Force Patrol is the uh, uh, the precinct that you know the the division that Mad Max works for, Max Rokotansky. And uh, at the beginning of the movie, they are chasing down Knight Rider, who stole one of these Pursuit Specials. It gets destroyed in that pursuit and Max uh, eventually they try to keep Max on on the team by kind of offering him this this last of the V8s and I love that there's like this mythos to it that there's no other V8s you know pursuit specials out there and this is something special and every Mad Max movie I love the fact that like the car is much of a character as anything else and bro as much as I love Mad Max as much as I love Road Warrior I'm with you. Fury Road is my favorite of all of them. And when that movie came out, I saw that thing, I think, two or three times in the theater. But when it came out on video, that movie, Mad Max Fury Road, 
literally saved my life because uh, I was at the one of the lowest points of my entire life. I was in a crushing depression. I watched Fury Road a hundred times in the span of like a couple months, and it literally kept me alive. And uh, you know, and I, you know what that means. It literally kept me alive. And during the course of watching it, like I grew my beard out, my hair. I was in a bad, bad place, but. <laughs> I will forever have a love for Fury Road uh, for doing that. But, dude, it's also the best Mad Max movie. It really fucking is. Seriously. And moving forward, because his car does get destroyed in it, moving forward, I don't think Mad Max should ever be disconnected from the Interceptor. I know that they want to make a sequel, maybe a prequel to Fury Road or something. I don't know. I think the best choice is just keep telling Mad Max stories as if you're just telling stories. Like, they don't have to have any connection. But in every story, Mm -hmm. he has to have the Interceptor because the Interceptor to him is the same as a samurai sword to a samurai, same as a gun to a gunslinger. It is an extension of him. Without it, he does not exist. Uh, what, What are your thoughts specifically on the interceptor in the mat and all everything, bro. Just give me your thoughts on Mad Max and the whole universe and, and the, 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 the franchise itself. Yeah. It's tough because I don't think I've ever seen road warrior. I've never seen Mad Max, but I have seen beyond the Thunderdome. Yeah. That's and yeah, exactly. And, and then of course Fury road, which blew me away. And I was just like, this is an amazing fucking film. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, I know the tie that Mad Max has with that car and that, you know, how iconic it is in, you know, just just film history. And I know you're a big fan of that kind of stuff. So I'm not surprised that it's high on your list. Um, so it's, it's hard for me to really talk all that much yeah. about Mad Max in general. I mean, I in, fear or Beyond the Thunderdome is dumb yeah. and okay. It's dumb and okay. Two men enter, one man leave. Yeah. That's literally all I remember from the entire fucking <laughs> yeah, film. We all know that, yeah. <laughs> and but of course, Fury Road. I'm just like, God damn, that's amazing. And when the fuck are they? When are they doing another one? It's already been way past the time. I yeah. want another goddamn Fury Road. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever see? They released the Blu-ray and they put like a black and white version out. Did you ever watch that at all? No. I own the Blu-ray, but I don't remember. Maybe I didn't get the the yeah. the, the one that has the black and yeah, white. Yeah, I know. I, I I have the same one you do. It's just the probably the Blu-ray that first came out. Then they released like a black and chrome version. Um, I never. Okay. I didn't double dip on it. You know, because I, I remember they did that with the Mist. They they released a oh, black and white version of it on the actual DVD of the Mist. You know, like because because Darabont was like, oh, uh, yeah, I, I intended this movie to be in black and white. Um, I yeah. thought it was a little bit of a gimmick. It didn't really impress me that yeah. much. But uh, and I was like, you know, I didn't really feel like seeing Fury Road in black and white because the colors in that movie were, were just gorgeous. They needed the the, yeah. the saturation. And you're right. The the colors in Fury Road isn't particularly needed. If they did not have it, I it, not to say it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have made it a bad film because the filmmaking and the storytelling, yeah. all that, and the acting was great. And Charlie Theron was fucking amazing. Yeah. And also Tom Hardy. Yeah. Like he barely had any lines, but he was fucking good. Yeah. He was fucking great. I loved him. Yeah. But like the over the topness, and part of that is the color and the saturation from some of the stuff. Um, yeah, you, you, I don't. I wouldn't want to. 
I wouldn't want to watch it in black and white. No, no, dude. It, it's too beautiful. I, I feel like you're going to do it a, a, a disservice, you know? Um, but, yeah, dude, like, it's it's interesting, like, looking at this list, even just, like, looking at mine, you know? It ranges from, like, super fast cars to stupid something stupid like the ectomobile to like something like super fabricated like the batmobile and it's just like there's no consistent thing other than i think you and i can agree on uh it's got to be cool and what does that mean Uh, i always go back to the the supreme court's version of of porn like I don't, I can't really specify what it is, but I know it when I see it. And all of these cars, I think we can all agree that right when we saw them, we were like, oh my God. And I'm not a big gearhead. I I don't, you're, I know Mm -hmm. you're not the hugest fucking gearhead in the world, but you and I can both appreciate a fucking awesome car. It's like, it's like in our DNA, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, God damn, can I before we wrap up, before we close this out, what is like what's the fastest car or the most muscle car you've ever driven? Not that you've owned, but what's the most one have you ever driven one that was like just pure power? <laughs> not really, dude. I I'm just not a muscly car kind of guy. Um I mean the most powerful is probably a moving van across the <laughs> <Yeah>. goddamn <laughs> I mean, it's like a fucking yeah, you can feel the Ford difference. F-350. I don't know. It's big. Uh, but besides that, like, and when it comes to, like, the speed cars, yeah, nothing crazy. Like, I mean, I, re- I rode the, on the back of a motorcycle, but, like, I've never, like, <laughs> driven, like, a really good, intense car. Do you, do you have any, like, desire? Because I know they do that kind of shit in Vegas, so you can, like, you know, go – do a racetrack thing. You ever have any desire when you go visit your brother, John in Vegas to try to do one of those things at all? I need more money. (laughs) I'm just poor. That's the problem. (laughs) I'm so fucking poor that like, that is not what I'm going to spend my money on. Yeah. Um, but I would love to like, I here's all right. Here's my dream or not my dream. My wife's dream car is like a, like, I think it's like a 1963. Um, it's the, the, the Ford, uh, it's like the Ford Mustang Cobra, the, 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 the AC Cobra. That's what it is. It's like a 63 AC Cobra. That's her dream car. Hold on one second. And so what AC, AC Cobra. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, yep. she- the Shelby, the Shelby, oh, yeah. Shelby, Shelby AC Cobra, oh, yeah. 63 AC show, uh, AC Cobra. And it would be my dream to buy her. Not even just like the, like a, like a real one, just, a, just a fucking replica again. Cause I don't give a shit. I would love to buy her a replica and like us have that as like a spare car to just drive around on a weekend or something like that's, that's something I could buy die a happy man. If we had that and just do that for fun. Okay. I, yeah, no, it's not, it's not the Shelby. I see what you're talking about. Um, that's, that's awesome. So, what you're saying to me is that I should have been uh, doing this watch with us with with Keisha, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, she doesn't know shit about movies, so probably not. <laughs> but, she, but, she, but like, she likes cars. She apparently has a very she likes, specific. She likes that. She likes the Shelby Cobra. She likes that. That Shelby is like her top car, and that's it has been. sexy. And I, and I want to get it in like a, a deep blue. She would yeah. love that. Um, that's funny. That's the, the first picture that's right on here is the deep we're, blue one. We're very poor, yeah. <laughs> and so we can't do that. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys just bought a house. It's a yes. <laughs> we're so poor. God yeah. damn it. But yeah, it's no it's, it's just interesting because it's like yeah, you and I. I think you and I probably 
feel the same way about cars, like just in general. I think you and I probably feel the same way, but we can both appreciate a badass fucking car in a movie. And uh, you know what else we can appreciate? A badass podcast. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah that too and a badass podcast ah, there you go and one of those badass podcasts this is like guys and gals this is how we end cartwright by the way <laughs> and one of those badass podcasts is a blast from our past that's right the blast from our past podcast is a podcast where we give you full-on movie breakdowns tv show reviews and a whole lot more all from the things of our nostalgic past our being mine and my brother's nostalgic past. So it's uh, really just a throwback to the things that me and my brother love, or if we have a guest on, whatever they love. If you like anything from like the 80s and 90s more mainstream, you're going to enjoy Blast From Our Past. Now, if you're going to like something from the more culty, dark stuff, you obviously like Pad because you're watching. Uh, sorry, I usually throw to fucking Pad, I know. and then I realize, oh, wait, here. I'm on Pad. <laughs> We're here. Yeah, guys and gals, uh, the Blasphemer Past, you know, you know it. I know it. We all know it. It's the it's the lighter side of the movies that we talk about. And uh, the blast, uh, the podcast after dark was always intended to be the dark shadow, kind of like Krampus of uh, of the Blasphemer <laughs> Past. Um, but Please go check out Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. Like I said, Adam and I have been, at this point, by the time you're listening to this, uh, we're probably almost getting close to wrapping up season six. We're probably going to be going into season seven. So we've been talking uh, about Seinfeld for fucking over, I would say, close to 100 hours. Maybe I have probably maybe closer oh, to like 75 oh. hours or something like that. Cause I don't, we don't know. do a yeah, full yeah, hour yeah. every time, but it's, it's a lot. Yeah, of but, but we also, we belt. have extra episodes. Yeah, we have, true. we have like the bonuses or, or we have, um, uh, the season enders. Like I'd say, yeah, a yeah, hundred hours is probably about You're right. You're probably right. You're actually probably right about that. And now we're actually dipping into curb your enthusiasm. And that is on the, uh, Cartwright's exclusive Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash Cartwright. And, uh, dude, like, Curb was always a show that I was certain I was never going to get into um, because it was so cringy and that kind of shit just just fucking freaks me out. But I am having an absolute blast diving into that show with you. Uh, you know, you've you've seen a few episodes. The dynamic's a little bit different, whereas, like, with Seinfeld, mm-hmm. you and I are kind of like, we've seen it so much. We, we love it. it, to the point where we also, like, we've seen it on syndication so much that we kind of can't remember, like, what order things go in. Um, but Curb is new to me, and I couldn't be happier to be going into Curb with you, dude, like, of anybody. Like, it's I'm having a blast breaking it down with you. And by the time we're recording this, you and I just wrapped up yesterday the first season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and it was a awesome, awesome discussion. And uh, I have a whole new appreciation for Seinfeld. Um, I have a whole new appreciation for the fact that George Costanza isn't, you know, a carbon copy of Larry yeah. David, as I always assumed. And uh, yeah, dude, man, I fucking love it, bro. I'm, I'm hooked on Curb. I'm excited to hear that, which means you're not going to 
cut us uh, from recording and stopping that podcast because I'm having a real good time doing it with you. We're done. I'm out. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm not. I'm not really happy with this. I'm. I'm peace out, bro. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs> no, it's good shit. I always have a good time with you. Yeah, dude. It's it's an absolute blast. And please check out everything else on the BFOP network. Uh, check out our pals over at Action Action. Check out our pals over at uh, People Don't Forget. Uh, of course, Adam and John doing Throwback Trivia Takedown and and uh, Blast from Our Past. Tim and Dean doing uh, uh, Talking Back. It's a great time, and I hope you guys all listen to the BFOP Network roundtable of uh, Mortal Kombat discussion and uh, got a flavor, got a taste of everybody's sort of, you know, personalities and everything, which is, that's what we were hoping for, and we hope that you guys all sort of branched out and uh, tried and, and dipped your toe into some of these other podcasts on our network, because, like, honestly, we say it, and it's not a line, it's not something that, like, it's meant to ingratiate. It's the truth. I have been a fan of the Blast from Our Past pretty much since the beginning. I'm a fan of Talking Back. I'm a fan of Action Action. People don't forget. Um, you know, Throwback Trivia Takedown can go fuck itself. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> fuck you. I'm just kidding. Fuck you up your fucking, Dude, fucking pod, I, I, podcast after Dark Bud. I am the only person that doesn't have the last name Spees who has hosted yep. an episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. So that show is near and dear to my heart. So... All right, please, please check out all those shows. Check them all out. Uh, I have a link to the BFOP Network website in the show notes of this episode and every episode, and we hope that you check them all out. And Adam, thank you, dude. I knew that we were going to have a great discussion about cars. Yes, we did, man. And I would come back anytime because you are that fucking awesome of a host. You're amazing. I love you. I would do anything for you. I'd bend over and let you butt fuck me <laughs> hardcore. No, no, no lube style. I love you that much, Corey. I, I was gonna say you would do a hundred plus episodes of a of a podcast with me, <laughs> and a hundred more. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Hope you have a great time. And as always, we'll catch you on the dark side. Join the Podcasting After Dark Patreon community to unlock exclusive monthly content like cast interviews and a fan feedback show. Plus, you get every regular episode of Podcasting After Dark completely ad-free. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us five stars on Apple Podcasts and by recommending us to your friends. Finally, make sure you follow us on Reddit Instagram, and Facebook for news and updates about future episodes. Just search for Podcasting After Dark. Everybody, it's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, and we have something very exciting to tell you about. That's right. We have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month we go episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, so I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But... Even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, 
totally ad-free. So you get Seinfeld, you get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, I'm sorry, Corey, that's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right, well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. 